Dark to light. Um, a few weeks ago, I talked a little bit about, in Genesis, God speaking and his actual word carrying the substance of all matter, right? And I'm going to spend some time throughout the summer talking about things from Genesis because a lot of times the story of Genesis actually gives us an idea of God's story, but also our story, the big picture, right? And so I want to talk about some of that stuff today, all right? And so if we uh, start off in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the surface of the watery depths. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. There was evening, and there was morning, day one. He did stuff on day two, evening and morning, day two. Did stuff on day three, evening, morning, day three. Day four, so we're skipping those days for now. Then God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night. They will serve as signs for seasons and for days and years. They will be lights in the expanse of the sky to provide light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night, as well as the stars. There's a whole lot to unpack in some of this stuff. First of all, we realize that God created light over this darkness before he created the sun and the moon. All right, so in case you were like, wait, there's two lights. What are they? It's the sun and the moon. There's a spoiler alert for you. Here's another one of those fascinating spoiler alerts. There are two lights. It's not one light and one reflecting the other light. It's a fascinating thing. So science background. Um, there's a fascinating thing that happens with the moon where the moon actually will emanate a different light than just a reflection. Some of you guys are like, Benny's crazy. All right? Here's the thing. Farmers know this stuff, even though they don't practically, like they know this practically, even though it's not often taught in schools. And part of that is if you were to take your garden, right, and you're like, oh, we got a full moon. It's supposed to be above 32 degrees, but those that know, even if it's above 32 degrees, but it's close and it's a full moon, guess what it'll do? It'll bring frost to your crops, right? It wasn't until recently with people that have started looking at, you know, the, the thermal temperatures where you can scan stuff, and like in the daytime, you have the sun, and if you're directly in the sun, is that warmer than being in the shade? Yeah? It's actually inverted with the moon. Did you guys know that it, it actually kicks off a cold light? That direct moonlight is colder than in the shade of moonlight, which is why when you cover them, your garden plants, you're like, Benny is weird. Yes, this is another day. But just so you know, like, there's more mysteries that we don't realize. Now, is the sun and moon, are they connected? Absolutely. I think that there is a portion of it that's reflected, but it's not just merely a reflection of the sun. But there is a lesser light and there's a greater light. And he made both of these lights, right, for day and for night. But this is day four. Before day four comes, he says, let there be light and there is light. And the fascinating thing is God comes over and he's like, there's darkness, right? And so he's hovering over these waters and you're like, this is, okay, this is different. I don't know what exactly this means, but he's hovering over these waters and he says, let there be light and there's light. And then he separates them which is a fascinating concept, right? Think about light and darkness, right? So 
Is it easy for us to say, oh, here's the definite line between darkness and light, right, in the physical realm? That's kind of a hard thing to do. And yet he's separating these things out. And I don't think that the part of him separating these out is necessarily just that, right? A lot of times when we talk about in the Bible of being consecrated, being holy, there's a separating out into light, into goodness, into holiness, where he says, hey, I'm going to set these people apart, right? And I think it's alluding more to some of that stuff. All right, so when I, well, here's a cool verse too. Just, okay, satellite was good, separate it. It doesn't look quite like that, but we're good. All right. Um, Jesus, okay? I don't know if you guys can read that small. John 1, 1 through 5. Take notes and you guys can read it in your Bible. If it's too small up there, I apologize. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. This is all about Jesus, right? And we talked about this a few weeks ago, that Jesus was there in the beginning, right? And he's often called the Word, and the way, and the truth, and the light, and the life. Like, there's so many words that we use to describe Jesus. This is part of it right here. So Jesus was there in the beginning, and I think part of this is, hey, we're starting in this darkness, right? And then out of darkness, there's light. And this is a fascinating concept for me because, like, you have, you know, spoiler alert, we're going to come to a place where Jesus is in a place where we don't need a physical sun and moon for light because his glory will be the light, right? There's so much light coming off of him. Like, the transfiguration, those that are used to that, the, the miracle to me is not that he's shown with all of his splendor and his glory, that it even made the people that were with him like, whew, white hair, like shining, right? That's not the miracle. The miracle to me is that like he got to a place where he didn't live that way all the time. Like he had to darken himself. So for me, and some of you guys have heard this story, but not everybody has, so I'm going to tell it again. But when I was in the Bering Sea, I lived up in the middle of absolutely nowhere. It was the most remote school district in America. The... Arctic froze over 100 miles south of the island that I was at. There was 452 people there, and there was about every kind of darkness you could think of, right? A lot of darkness, physical darkness, emotional darkness, spiritual darkness, marriage stuff that was messed up, kid stuff that was messed up. Like, there was just a lot of things that they, they were going through. It was a harsh world. It's a harsh place. And I remember about halfway through the year, I was sitting in my room and I had felt like I had been completely done. Like I had nothing more to give. I was this little wick, right? And I'm sitting in my living room and I'm looking at this candle. And this candle is like barely, barely flickering. And it is howling outside. And I literally, in tears, am saying, God, of all the times in my life where I have been burning brightly for you, like this is the time we need it. Like I am surrounded by darkness. And I feel like I can't hardly hold on. Some people in here, you might feel like, you know what? I can't hardly hold on. Like, I've got just this little flicker. And, and as I was sitting there, man, I heard God plain as day say, Benny, a little light in darkness sheds a lot of light. And I was like, oh, that's good. I needed that. A little bit of light in darkness. You know, you think about if I have a little bit of light in a room full of light, it doesn't add a whole lot right? Little light 
in complete darkness sheds a lot of light. And then he said, I had to do the same. I was like, come again? I had to do the same. I was like, okay, let's think about this. How? If Jesus had come fully transfigured, Jesus had come in the state of like, hey, you don't need a sun and a moon because I'm going to emanate that much light. It's like if you're in complete darkness and you turn on all of the lights, right? It is blinding. Like how fast would we have rejected him if he showed up in all of his glory the first time? Think about that for a second. Isn't that crazy? Like he had to dim his light so that we wouldn't immediately reject him. So what a fascinating concept. Like he literally had to be born as a human and like walk in a way that like slowly, slowly like opened up his light so that people could see. It's this fascinating concept where I was like, okay, all right. I think that that's kind of some of our story though. Like you talk about evening and then morning the first day, evening, then morning the second day. Like a lot of times we think of a day starts in the morning and ends at night, Right? But I don't think it's an accident that you see this whole first week that every day he says, evening and then morning, evening and then morning, evening and then morning. Like, if you're going to do a Hebrew Shabbat, if you're going to do a Sabbath, right, they would go from an evening to an evening. It's like you start with a little bit of light and then you go straight into your darkness and then the morning star comes and you have more light again. Like, the light, the splendor is at the end of the day. It's like, here it comes. And I look at like the whole broad scope of our lives and sometimes it's like you have this little bit of whisper of hope but then a lot of us walk into darkness and this world is filled with darkness, right? Where we all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all walk into this darkness and we're like, whoo, I don't know if I'm going to survive this darkness, right? But you know what? There's this hope because the morning star is coming. Jesus, he calls himself the morning star. He's like the first ray of sunshine. He's the first hope. And as you grab hold of that hope, he leads you into the day. I think big picture, I think that's also what's happening for all of humanity, right? We start off with this hope and then immediately they're like, oh yeah, that's actually, we're going to walk into darkness. And then they're like, they kept walking into further and further and further darkness, right? And then eventually Jesus comes and he starts, that's the morning star, right? And then he drops his flame. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. And then you keep going and you add more light to the equation. And the last light that's coming is awesome. It's splendor. All right? So Jesus here calls himself the bright and morning star in Revelation twenty-two sixteen. John 9, 5, Jesus says, As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So he's telling us to his disciples, right? And his disciples are like, oh, sweet, good. And the enemy takes notice and says, oh, so all we got to do is take out this guy and we're good. So what do you... What do you know what happens? He take, they take out Jesus, right? And they're like, ah, oh, we got this. Until they don't, right? Because Jesus, three days later, comes back to life. He had defeated everything, death itself. All right, so John 8, 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I would like to think, that during those 40 days after he's resurrected, he's explaining, this is what I'm talking about to you guys. And by the way, I'm going to pass the torch to you. So stay here. Stay here because guess what? I'm going to bring my Holy Spirit. I've got to leave so that my spirit can be poured on all of you. You want to walk in my authority? You want to walk as other sons and daughters of the living king? 
like, I need to go to send my spirit. All right? This is the condemnation that light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. So this is one of those things where the light came and the Pharisees and Sadducees said, nuh-uh, can't have this. He's got too much power. He's got too much authority. We've got to snuff this out, right? But then Acts 2 happens, what I was reading before, right? They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came down and rested on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. A lot of times we, we look at this passage and we say, man, here is this baptism of fire where there's a gift of tongues. My dad, when I was a kid, he was like, you know, the true thing, he said, this is a gift of hearing. And I was like, what, what do you mean? Think about this for a second. They were speaking in tongues. And if you read the rest of Acts 2, everybody was hearing it in their own language. Isn't that fascinating? There's more languages that were represented than people that were speaking in them. Like, they were speaking it, and people were hearing it in their language, which is fascinating. Like, there are gifts that the Holy Spirit gives that are, that are cool, that are crazy. Some gifts that God's got, I don't necessarily see where exactly this is found in the Bible. Like, when I was in Mozambique, I met this lady who had gone for one mission trip and then realized she understood the local language immediately right? Now, that happens. That happens. I've heard lots of stories about that. There are people within this congregation that have had that happen to them, that have walked in that. But here's the cool thing. She was like, I realized that no matter where I went from then on, I knew immediately what they were saying. So she turned around, and she started going into all these villages and all these other tribal languages, and she would go, and within days, she could speak their language fluently. She's like, I knew it instantly, but it took me a couple days to be able to formulate my tongue to say it. That's awesome, right? Like, I think that's cool. Do you guys think that's cool? Like, I love the fact that we've got missionaries that are spending their whole life, like, taking the time to learn a language, then to put it into writing, and then to go and translate it. And then God, every once in a while, is like, also, you know what? I'm going to speed up the process in this area. I'm going to do this thing over here. I'm going to drop this thing over here. If she's faithful, I'm going to send her. I'm going to just light her up with stuff, right? The good thing is, these are all gifts of the Holy Spirit. These are God's gifts, right? Sometimes we read through, you know, Corinthians, and we're like, oh, there's a gift of this, and there's a gift of that, and there's a gift of this. And we start thinking, oh, wait, what is my gift? All right, here's the thing. Here's, here's the, they're all his, right? We get to walk in them. We get to be the conduit. We get to shepherd it. We get to steward it. But in the end, they're all his, and he can use any of us for any of them at any time if you're willing to be used, right? It's not just like, oh, that person's got the gift of healing. Well, they might. It might just be that they're really sensitive when God wants to heal, and they, they walk in faith in it, right? But you know what? As sons and daughters, we still have access to the same father who has the same giftings, who has the same power, who has the same authority, right? It's not this matter of comparison of, oh, if I level up, if I do this and then this and this and I read this many verses and I memorize that thing and I, I serve this much and I give that much, then I'm going to get this thing. It's not, a, it's not a pyramid scheme, right? Like, I remember, I remember again, a couple of the youth, the youth group has heard this message too, but like, there was this time where I, I went on something called the world race. There's 11 countries, 11 months of mission work, and uh, one, one of the girls that was on the trip she, uh, she had recently become a Christian, right? 
Um, sorry, I'm not laughing at her. I'm just laughing at the scenario, right? Because me and my buddy, we had like been craving certain things that we had like, we wanted these gifts, right? We wanted to hear directly from the Lord. We wanted him to speak to us like, like he did a man, like he did to a lot of these prophets where they're like, in the third month, in the third day, at this time, exactly, God said these exact words. And I'm like, God, I want, I want that, right? And so we're in this like time where we're praying over each other, and Rachel's her name, and uh, she's like, whoa, 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 uh, Dave, you're supposed to tell Zach about Joel 2.6, or I don't know exactly the, the reference, you know? And he's like, I was just reading about that this morning. Actually, God highlighted something. And she's like, so who's this Joel guy? Is he like a big preacher or something? We're like, no, no, that's, that's in the Bible. She's like, oh, haven't read that yet, but I heard this voice. And I'm like, okay, all right. So you know what? Decades of me trying to get there. And God's like, oh, by the way, we're going to start you off with this one. There's no comparison. Like, if you're here and you're like, I need to do this, 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 and this, and this to get there. No, you need to be connected to his presence. That's, that's the qualification. Be connected to his presence and let his life flow through you. That wasn't going to be my message, but it's good, so take it. All right. Um, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So much power in that. Like, I think of the disciples after Jesus where they're like, they thought they overcame. And they're like, no, no, no. The light still shines in the darkness. Darkness won't overcome it. Like, how many of you know if you go in your room and you open up your really dark closet that the darkness will never spill out into the room? Ever. Light will always conquer darkness. You put them together and light will always make darkness flee. Just the way it is. It's the way it's designed. You were a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies, the glory of him who called you out of darkness and into marvelous light. Some of you are still walking in darkness. And he's saying, hey, come on. I got some light. I got some goodness. And you're like, you know what? If I come towards the light, my stuff's going to get revealed. Yes, it will. May you have the courage to do it anyway right? Like the only way for you to get to a place of light and being a child of light is to walking into the light and let him deal with the stuff, right? May this church be a place that doesn't judge the darkness. May we be quick to remember the darkness that we've walked in, through, and out of. May we be quick to encourage each other to walk out of darkness, okay? May that be a stamp here that we're, we're not quick to judge. We're not quick to point out the darkness, but we're pointing out the good things that God has designed in and of people that they can't see until they walk into the light. All right, in Ephesians, it says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. So live as children of light. And again, 1 Thessalonians 5.5, 5, You are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We do not belong to the night or to darkness. Are you getting a theme, Right? Like in the Bible, like it's all across this Bible of like, hey, darkness to light, darkness to light, darkness to light. I've designed you for the light. And I love the fact that before he even created Adam and Eve, he's like, I'm going to put together a story because I know that you guys are going to fall. I know that you guys are going to go into this stuff. I know you guys are going to walk into darkness. So let me design something that goes from darkness to light, darkness to light over and over again, right? Because there's going to be a time where you're going to realize that the big picture is this is what happens, this is what I do. This is part of my redemption, all right? 
Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. Again, we do these things. We show the light. We walk in these giftings not for our glory, but so we can glorify our Father. Psalm 18.28. So this is before Jesus comes on earth as a man, right? Uh, For thou will light my candle. The Lord my God will light my darkness. This is David speaking. I love that. Like there's this echo even before he saw the fullness of it, right? And what's going to happen, right, is this. To him be glory in the church, in the church, the people, right? And in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever, amen. We talk about this glory, right? So for the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Here's another one. Be exalted, O God, above the highest heavens. May your glory shine over all the earth. We're getting to a place, like this, this is their end result. Like a lot of times if you watch the news, it's just covered with darkness, right? Like it doesn't take long on social media to say, man, there's a lot of janky things going on, right? There's a lot of times where if you spend your time looking at that stuff and focusing on that, in a weird way, it's magnifying, right? So if I take a magnifying glass, what does it do? Makes it bigger. Good job. Makes it bigger. What you put your focus on will make things bigger. You got a problem with your wife? Focus on it. It's going to make the problem bigger. You got a problem with your kids? It's going to make it bigger. If you're sitting there and you're saying, hey, you know what? Today I'm going to be thankful. If you find things that you can be thankful for today, guess what? It's going to magnify in your life. You're going to get better at being thankful. You're going to get to a place where you're like, man, this is hard, but I need to forgive. If you focus on forgiving and making that a part of you, it's going to magnify, and it's going to free. It doesn't feel very good. Might get sick of hearing that. It's a hard process to do. Helps, right? If you're like, hey, I'm going to focus today on being kind. The more you focus on being kind, guess what? It's going to magnify in your life. God is going to be glorified by you choosing to be kind because it's his kindness that leads people to repentance. We're going to get to a place where the bride is united, where the bride comes to a place where we reveal God's glory in such a way that is magnificent and it's awesome. Revelations 21, 23 through 25 says, And the city has no need for sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God is its light. And its lamp is the Lamb, Jesus. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. There are mysteries that are in that verse. Mysteries that I can't quite tell you. But we've had some very, very significant paradigm shifts as like a world. We've gone through stuff. And we're going to talk about some of that stuff. Personally, I've gone through a lot of paradigm shifts, right? A lot of times overseas and everything else. Chances are most of you guys have too because that's part of life, right? But the earth has gone through some. You think about Adam and Eve and then after being in the garden, it's a huge paradigm shift to be out of the garden. And then up till Noah, the world is completely different than after the flood. After the flood to Jesus, massive different. After Jesus to now, massively different. This is going to be another massive shift. But the eternal shift is light and that light through Jesus. In the meantime, before we get there though, Before we get there, you are the light of the world. 
A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all those who are in the house. So let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works, and again, glorify your Father in heaven for them. Right? It's kind of this concept right here, Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. I heard a story from a missionary, and I don't know if it was true or not, but it's a really cool picture. He was talking about how someplace he was at, they literally had shoes that would have candles on the front that as they took a a step slowly through the woods, like they could see the very next step. And again, I don't know, I look at that and I'm like, that's a terrible design, unless you're going to do a forest fire, right? But I think the concept is there. Think about this. Some of you that have like darkness surrounding you, you might only have the very next step. And when you take that step, think about a lamp unto your your feet and a light for your path. Like you taking one step is going to highlight just a little bit more in front of you and a little bit more in front of you, a little bit more in front of you. Like the challenge is, can you take one more step and then one more step and then one more step? And then one more step. And some of you are like, I am in the midst of this where I feel like my my flame is about to go out and I'm surrounded by darkness. I hear you. I know it. Like, keep taking steps. Jesus is coming. Some things that you can be thinking about as you guys are getting together to pray. Are we walking in darkness or are we walking in light? If you are walking in darkness, today is a great day to meet the light. If you're like, I don't know what you're talking about, come find me up here and we'll we'll chat. If you're walking in the light, how can you magnify God's light today? For those that are in the night, my my prayer, my blessing is that God would come soon, that he would bring light soon to your situation. God, may your grace and may your goodness, may your light shine in us and through us be magnified in us. God, may you be magnified us through our families, through our friends at a workplace. God, may we not strive for your presence, but maybe we just multiply it. God, I ask that you would speak to us, that you would encourage us, that you would redeem the things that need to be redeemed, that you would increase the light around us and make darkness flee. May we know your goodness and your mercy and your kindness today. I ask this in Jesus' name, amen.